0: The Quarter Portion Podcast is sponsored by Heroes Comics, southwestern Ontario's largest comic book and collectible store. Located in the heart of downtown London at 186 Dundas Street, Heroes specializes in new and vintage comics, along with action figures, statues, and collectibles of all types. Whether you're looking for Star Wars comics and toys, or the latest graphic novels, manga, and trade paperbacks, Heroes has something for fans of all stripes. For more information, visit... HeroesComics.ca. The Quarter Portion Podcast is a production of CopperClub.com.
1: What's up guys? I'm Daniel Logan, Boba Fett from Star Wars, Attack of the Clones, and the Clone Wars. You will listen to Quarter Portion
2: podcast
1: So, Gomer, we finally have you here. You do.
2: Oh, no,
1: Off the just... cuff interview, man. Yeah, we wanted to have, have Gomer on the podcast pretty much since our first podcast. We mentioned, a lot of the things that we mentioned in the podcast come back to gaming, specifically the old West End Games, Star Wars RPG. And I started doing, I started role playing Long before I met Gomer, but I didn't really know how to properly role play and gameplay until I met Gomer. <laughs> Welcome to the show man. Thanks, thanks. Happy to be here. Glad to have you. Yeah, so we got long time we had at Comic Con. So he just stops by and we've been planning to have you on for an episode for a while, but uh, now we got you here. Um, Chris, why don't you ask Gomer our standard question for star wars fans yeah so our
0: typical first question for a guest is what is your earliest star wars memory or like your first star wars experience i think uh. i already know what it is uh-huh. but you have to answer it <laughs> <laughs> 22nd in line
2: 1977 west mount odeon theater got my may the force be with you button and saw the first star wars uh, 11 years old wow yeah 22nd in line in the city 27 times I saw that. <laughs> wow. Amazing. What did you say? Remember we were talking about this once, and you
1: said uh, you read a review in the London oh, Free Press. Yes. What was there, What did it say? There is
2: a, in London Free Press there was a critic named Noel Gallagher, not the guy from Oasis, <laughs> and uh, he said it was a spaghetti western in space and would not last in the theaters a week. So, I believe the first Star Wars in London was something like 67 weeks
0: something <laughs> oh like God. that so
2: he was wrong <laughs> yeah it yeah, was a spaghetti western though but yeah, he wasn't, was, he wasn't was, the only one who thought of that though at the time
0: yeah there's a lot of reviews like I, I think mark hamill has actually talked about some of the reviews he saw when he was coming out and everyone wrote it off critically at first but well, there were people react?
1: in the studios and especially the, the people making the movie that going, well, what are we doing like <laughs> is this ever gonna is this ever gonna amount to anything and it turned out to be the biggest sci-fi well one of the biggest sci-fi creations of all time
2: yeah yeah. people forget forget that spaghetti westerns had Clint Eastwood in them people like a good spaghetti western and then you add Buck Rogers or Flash Gordon into it or you know something yeah it was like it was perfect and it was the perfect quest theme right yeah the fantasy quest story right yeah so. It's kind of like, I heard people refer to Star Wars in the past as like space fantasy or science fantasy. Well, it, it to totally fiction. fits the hero quest, right? Yeah. You know, the young guy doesn't Wizards, know what swords. he's doing. He's got the guide, he's the wizard, the, the evil bad guy. Yeah, it fits it all. But they did it so well. Yeah. Like that Star Destroyer at the beginning of the movie coming over in the theater. There's never been special effects like that before. And no. it kept coming, right?
1: Yeah. And it stopped coming. Right? It's like, yeah. whoa. Yeah. Do you remember the, remember the Family Guy one when it finally came over and it said Bush Cheney <laughs> <With> the flags <laughs> in the back? <laughs> well, okay, here's another one that we usually ask. Of all the Star Wars films that have come out so far, which one's your favorite? Or do you
2: have a favorite? Your kind do I have favorite. a favorite? I'd start with the grouping the movies together. The first three are still my favorite. They kind of set the tone for it all. Um, there's things I liked about all of them. There's even a lot of things like, I know people bash Phantom Menace, but when I first saw that, it did have a bit of a feel right. of the original Star Wars at first.
1: But Which then, one? Phantom Menace? Yeah,
2: like there was that feel to it. But in my mind's eye, If Luke was going to turn to the dark side, it wasn't being pouty like Hayden Christensen. Yeah, It was always, it should be anger, not poutiness. And that seemed to be a theme in the movies, that they would pout instead of get angry. And so it didn't work as well, but it's still like, I'd say... The first one set the tone for it all, so it stands on its own. Emperor Strikes Back is still a classic. It was the first cliffhanger, big cliffhanger movie, right? It was
1: at a, a theater too. Like no one ever did that before. Absolute cliffhanger. And like, I mean, it was a cliffhanger on a pretty dark note. Yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the yeah. hero gets his hand cut off,
2: and yeah, no, really... Solo
0: gets a of card night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it. it... It took everything from the original and just expanded on it and blew the universe wide open in so many ways. And yeah, it took that tone in all new directions. And yeah. Yeah. What did you think of The Last Jedi? It,
2: there, it took me a while to get into it by the end of it I enjoyed it a lot I really did there's certain things um, I didn't realize that he was force-projecting himself until it was revealed which really and now looking back there was some hints there but that was really that just showed the extent of his power (laughs)
1: yeah huge at that point I'm
2: still a little disappointed that he
1: that he was that
0: he's dead (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but at the same time he gets to come full circle and be the Force Ghost, right? Like it's yeah, <laughs> this is true. Yeah,
1: yeah. I thought it would be in episode nine that he would die, but
0: I kind of thought so. Like I was surprised when the when the twin, when the when the music started playing and you go, oh no, they're doing it. Like already, like in this way. It, it, it makes sense because now... You know what I like, wish they'd done though? When he
1: disappeared, you should have seen his metal hand yeah. drop. <laughs>
2: that would have been good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Why yeah. is that disintegrating into the Force?
2: <laughs> Yoda's cane yeah. wouldn't have disappeared with him. Yeah. I, I don't know what to expect yeah. in the next one. I haven't I, been paying any get. attention. I don't want to know anything. And see where it goes. That's the hard
1: part with us because we kind of have to start picking... Rumors apart,
0: yeah. it, it, Even when it's rumors, though, right? Like it's still it doesn't mean it's gonna be true. Yeah. My
2: my favorite rumor I haven't heard anything about in a while, and that was that Rey was actually a Kenobi. I really heard liked that, that one. Yeah. I like that idea. I did too,
1: uh, because they could go back to uh, what was it uh, Rebels? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars Rebels and Clone Wars, like the yeah. the animated series, because Obi Wan had that. That relationship with uh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, uh, who was the grandmother of who? Um, is she related to? Isn't there a Sabine connection there? The, just with the Mandalorians, Mandalorian. yeah, yeah,
0: just of the same culture.
1: There's another question for you. What do you think of uh, the the new Favreau series that
2: they're producing, The Mandalorian? I don't know much about it. I've nope. just been reading a little bit about it recently. So. All they really announced
1: so far are uh, a string of directors. And the fact that John Favreau is heading the series for yeah, Disney streaming, streaming Channel, and I mean Favreau, we were talking about this last week when we recorded that it was uh, Favreau. He basically did the pilot for the MCU. Oh, yeah. you know, he did an Iron Man. The so. first
2: one that worked because there was the Hulk before that. But
1: um, the Incredible Hulk didn't come yeah, out before Iron yeah, Man. I had that came
2: out before. He's come a long way from uh, the guy who pretended he was a. Uh, on yeah, friends, he uh, yeah. wanted to be a UFC fighter and he oh, was a millionaire. Oh, I remember that. Uh, yeah, he was dating Monica.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Right. He kept getting, he kept and
2: kept then out. I heard he was directing, <laughs> and I'm like, and he set his tone for the the whole MCU,
0: like, for sure. Oh
1: yeah.
2: Um, and, and with the MCU elevating the
0: like the genre so much, we owe all that to him as well. Essentially, or a blind share of it. So.
2: Yeah, because there was all of a, the characterization as well. Like the special effects were great, but if it wasn't for the directing, which enhances the acting and the script, it would just wouldn't. Yeah, 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 When we did the uh,
1: one of the reasons I wanted to have Gomer on the podcast is to talk about uh, RPGs. Now you had a real good knack for kind of blending your own. Uh, not only your own worlds, and backgrounds, but your own kind of game playing and rules within another system. To me, and
2: I created my own system near the end. There. Yeah, then it
1: was. Fantastic. We called it
2: Gorg. I didn't have a name, and I said, "I need a name." And someone looked at me and says, "Call it Gorg." Like what do you mean, Gomer's own role-playing game? <laughs> that's that, yeah. I've still got a lot. I, I didn't get ever get a lot of rules down on paper, but I've still got all the I and mean, I've got all this, the sheets and everything to yeah. build them. From. Well, I would always remember playing
1: Dungeons and Dragons with you, and you would have things like I mean regular. Co- confrontations you'd have initiative and you either win one or you lost and if you had multiple attacks per round it could be difficult to keep track and you had a system all up in your head so we'd roll initiative and you'd be like you get one attack you get two returns or maybe you'd have closing and in range initiative which made things
2: even more realistic and we were taking into account weapon length and weapon speed affecting your initiative modifiers before they ever did that. And yeah. Huh. It was, it was awesome. Some of it was from an old Dragon magazine that we took Yeah, but you get, you, you, you find what's <laughs>
1: useful, you add what's your own and you get rid of what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's why I want you to get back into it. You got to get another campaign going. Make well, it
2: Star Wars or fantasy. I don't care, man. Just do it. I, <laughs> cu- I could do it based off the old stuff, but you might recognize the Odd Adventure a little bit. I wouldn't care. Cause then it it's just there's so much time you put into
1: it. And you used to put a lot of time into it because we'd play like once a week,
2: if that. Oh, and sometimes and, twelve. And you'd 14 hours at a time. Oh yeah,
1: I, absolutely. I we miss would. Those days, yeah. yeah. But we would. Uh, but you would prepare
2: and prepare. I did a lot of background preparation, but I once designed an adventure, 54 pages, and the, the party avoided everything and went to the end of the adventure. <laughs> and I'm like, ever since then, it all became about improv. Right. Okay, these are the things you can encounter, and I'm going to leave it flexible to be able to move it around so that if you decide not to go that way I'm going to make it pop back up later because my goal was never to kill the character it was right. to give you as hard a time as possible and develop her character so it had a personality it had a background, it had yeah. goals and that's when, I get really upset when players roll bad Well like me? <laughs> <laughs> that was when I created a, a, I, I don't remember what system I kind of stole it from but it was the karma system so Along with building oh, up right, development, points, right? developing experience points, you got karma points. And say you made a really bad roll, or you wanted to make sure you made a really good roll, as you built up this karma, you could take it and use it as a modifier on a roll. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I saw some amazing, terribly bad rolls with karma. <laughs> I'm going to use 10 karma, and they still roll a 1, right? <laughs> Okay. Now, another
1: neat thing it. that you did too, when we did the Star Wars RPG, um, it was all based on D sixes. Yeah. And they had the uh, the wild dye. So you yeah. usually have one die that was a different color than all the rest. And you would use it as a again, as a modifier, but it could hurt you too. So if your wild die came up as a one, you gotta roll it again and take it away again.
2: Yeah. You know? But if you rolled a six, you kept adding as long as you you yeah. would add that to your rolls. That was a lot of fun. That was, man, it was fun. Well it's, that, it's like that having that natural twenty.
1: Like even a boob could kill a knight if they get that one lucky shot. Yes. You know what That's I mean? True. It's possible.
0: <laughs> so I I DM and uh, D fifth edition with my friends i have also looking at like the Star Wars role-playing games that are out now. So, what would you say is like the biggest difference between doing like a fantasy type setting and like a Star Wars type setting?
2: Well, in a lot of ways, there's not that much of a difference. You just got to be able to adapt it. The gaming system I came up with, we did a science fiction campaign. You were part of
1: that too. Yeah, we did a lot. And we did a,
2: a, a superhero campaign. Right. And we did a a fantasy-type campaign. And you just have to learn to modify the modifiers to fit it. And, you know, you wouldn't have a a Superman character because that's ridiculous role, right? But then you could have... Someone who's ten times the strength of a normal human, things like
0: that. So basically, like you use the published setting as like a foundation and take it from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a cool I approach. haven't even
2: looked at fifth edition. I've heard amazing things about it, though. I've heard it's a, like a really good role-playing system. Which system for what? Fifth edition. Do you, yeah, d yeah. It's the one I play. Yeah. Okay.
0: We uh, my, my group started in fourth edition, and that was almost like a miniatures combat game more than like a role-playing game. Or, or at least the way they publish adventures. Uh, but fifth is really nicely balanced. I find.
2: I heard that, and I heard it because I was always the. Uh, if you're, if you're, if the player can come up with an idea to do something, why can't you create a modifier in a rule to make it possible? It may be really slim chance, but you can always try it. I was always into accuracy or cold shots, like. I want to hit this guy in the head well yeah you didn't get you didn't get the rolls to do that but and things and but if you did hit then I would roll a d30 again as an uh, additional mo- damage modifier and things like that and that's why I started creating my own rolls and my own system and I've heard fifth edition really takes into account the ability to do so much more it's not as limiting. It's not as hack and slash
1: it could yeah. be a lot more precise right yeah, yeah. yeah. hey Tracy before we let you go on this segment, um, I want you to throw a little plug out to, uh, to your writing. Uh, the book that's out and uh, anything you might have coming up the pipe. Um,
2: well, uh, I've self-published one book, it's called Portrait of Rivalry. When I wrote it 30 years ago, it was in the not-too-distant future, which is now past. So I had to upgrade a lot of technologies. And things like that um, but it's mainly a slightly dystopian future with a lot of hope behind it and if you want to take it right down to its roots it's a superhero story but it's also a story of a guy who has no idea who he is and it's a search for identity and then the, I guess the main theme of it is the old classic romance triangle Right. There's three main characters, and each one, I hope, at least has, I hope has a little bit of real-life realism to it.
1: Well, I read it, and I really enjoyed it, um, and I can see you taking, taking another step.
2: Uh, is, do you have anything else? I just finished the first book in a series I want to write, and it's called uh, A Strand of Grey, and it's about a grunge rock star who ends up on another world, a fantasy world that's been peopled by different tribes and groups from Earth, over the last two or three thousand years. And in a way that they came together in different ways. So there's a group of Celtic barbarians showed up on this planet before a group of Romans, even though they were after the Romans on Earth history. And uh, it's a big story of uh, discovery and a man learning that it's a hell of a job trying to get back home. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to read it, man. Is that one finished? Uh, it's in editing stages right now. I hope to have it out soon. And I've already started the second book in that series. Excellent. Okay, so Portrait of a Rivalry.
0: Um, is, is there somewhere uh, people can order it? Can you get that on um,
2: No, but you can order Portrait of Rivalry off Kobo, if you have a Kobo. And um, through my website, I still have copies that I can... What's your website? Uh, the website is with my wife. It also combines all of our art. It's the Green Man and the, guard- the Goddess...
1: Okay, we'll put a link up. We'll put a link to that on our Facebook page and on our 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 Kyber Club. We'll We'll put a link up on the Kyber Club website and we'll put it up on the Facebook page. Portrait of a Rivalry and a sequel to that coming, plus a strand of gray.
2: No, the sequel to Portrait of a Rivalry. That's separate. Is
1: on hold. That's separate. Indefinitely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so a
1: strand of gray. That's not the sequel. It's that's a, no, just it's just a, a separate, separate series. Standalone yes. about this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Can't wait to see it, man. I still want my copy of Portrait of a Rivalry. I've got it for you, buddy. <laughs> okay, man. It's good to have you on the show, Gomer. Yeah, right. uh, Let's do this again. Yeah. All right. Sure. All right. Thanks. Thanks.